I'd done all the steps that I meant to, I was told would make me fabulously happy and wealthy. It, it didn't, it wasn't working. It didn't work out that way at all. So, um, yeah, that's what got me into real estate. You're listening to investing for good, a show that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design and impact the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, Julie, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. How about you? Great. Hey, how was your uh, recent trip to Tahoe? I know you you guys went up there with the kids. How was it? It was really great. Yeah, it's um, everything that we didn't think it was going to be. Um, it was <laughs> nothing but sun and beautiful, you know, 50 degree weather. And it was, um, you know, everything. And that's why I love living here in the Bay Area is we just have access to so many of the, you know, fun things like the wine country in the spring and the summer. And then we've got, you know, going up to Tahoe in the winters and, uh, you know, all that good stuff. But no, it was good fun. The kids got to snowboard. My husband got to snowboard and um, I sat around and watched the kids and <laughs> I didn't snowboard, but I got to sit and you know, look at the beautiful scenery and enjoy. So it was fun. How about you? Have you traveled anywhere recently or have any trips coming up? Or you um, had a trip coming up, We had a trip. We (laughs) had to cancel it. We were going to go to Asia for spring break. Um, But what I was going to say about the the snowboarding and, you know, I am not a winter sports person. I tried skiing. And like, I remember the first time I skied was when I was in college. And I woke up the next day and I could literally could not get out of bed. I was every muscle (laughs) in my body was as stiff and as sore as could be. Like I could Mm -hmm. not turn my neck. I could not get out of bed. And I was like, okay, I can't do this. But what I was going to say is, you know, I think part of that is because I didn't start, I didn't try it, I didn't have a chance until I was in college. Mm -hmm. And um, it's so great that your kids are getting exposure to that so young. um, Mm -hmm. Because by the time I tried it, I was already a nervous wreck. You know, I was at the top of the hill and I was looking at the the bunny hill, I was looking down at the bottom. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, there's a person down there. I got to avoid them. Like, how do I not run into them? And yeah. um, and it was because my my parents didn't have that opportunity when we were growing up. You know, they were so busy working for their their jobs, and yeah. we hardly ever got to go on vacation. And um, so that's what I, I that's one of my favorite parts of today's conversation with Monique Holm, founder of the real estate investor Goddesses. And she was coming to us from Australia, and they've structured their lives and their business all around living intentionally and doing the things that they love, which for them means traveling the world. Such a great episode. And I love talking with other women who are investing in real estate. And it's so inspiring to hear all that she's looking to accomplish in the next 10 years. And I know without a doubt that she will absolutely crush that goal and, and do it. But um, it is just really inspiring to be surrounded by people uh, like Monique. So yeah, absolutely. So here it is, our conversation with Monique Holm. Monique, how are you? I'm great. How are you, ladies? Great. We are so happy to have you on this podcast and share all the goddess love. (laughs) Uh, But 
Before we dive into how and why you created Real Estate Investor Goddesses and your mission, which I love, to help a million women reach financial freedom through real estate, I wanted to start first with one of my favorite parts of your story, which is that you call yourself a recovered attorney. I love that. (laughs) So tell us about your decision first to go into law, why it wasn't the right fit for you, and then what you did to get out of it. Sure. So I am a first-generation American, great parents who were super supportive and always were like, you can be anything you want, though, in parentheses, as long as you're a doctor, lawyer, professor, engineer. (laughs) Uh, I know I'm not unique in thinking that. So being a dutiful daughter and good student, I was like, well, I don't love math and and science, so I guess I'll be a lawyer, right? So that was my option. And then I ended up going to law school and getting into a... um, in a big law firm, but I was just so miserable, even though I was quote unquote doing everything right, you know, partnership track, big law. I just, I hated it. Now I have to tell the story of this little, like this little anecdote that, you know, at one point I found myself, it was a Tuesday morning, I was in the ER with an appendicitis. And when my doctor told me that the pen, my appendix had ruptured, I have to be in the hospital for a few days and at least 30 days after to recover. My first thought was, oh, thank God I don't have to go to work. <laughs> my next thought You weren't was, like, oh no, this case and that case. And- uh, no, I was like, <laughs> I have like at least 30 days off without having to work. <laughs> And then I went, you know, I didn't realize quite how miserable I was until that moment. And it's like, that ah, this is, this job is literally killing me and I can't, you know, I, I can't do this. So, uh, but I had 30 days at home to try to, to figure out a game plan and it wasn't, there wasn't a straight, straight shot out of it. It wasn't a straight path, but I did eventually, you know, <laughs> get to get out of yeah. law. It was quite, it was a few years and trying different firms and like, maybe it was not, maybe that firm was really bad. Maybe another firm <laughs> would be better. Or maybe big law is bad. Maybe a small right, firm would be better. Right. Uh, like practicing by myself or, you know, so there was a lot mm-hmm. of different things I tried before, but real estate was one of the things that I found through my journey and uh, which helped me to be able to really really uh, escape law. <laughs> yeah, because I imagine yeah. that, and I, I am not a lawyer myself, uh, but I imagine that that was a big time and money investment to become an attorney in the first place. You must have spent years and years wow. and lots of long nights and both at school and then at, at work and then a big investment of money as well to get to that point. I'm, so I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision um, no. to then get out of it. It wasn't. And it was, you know, three years of law school, a lot of law school debt. And I, and it was my identity, right? So, and I, I practiced for 10 years. It was a, it was a big shift to get out of that, but I was just, I was miserable. And even though, you know, that's like, I'd done all the steps that I meant to, I was told would make me fabulously happy and wealthy. It, it, didn't. It, wasn't working. it didn't work out that way at all. So, um, 
yeah, that's what got me into real estate. I feel like that's so true for so many people where you're, you know, told that, you know, if you just go to school and you go to college and you come out and you get a job and you buy a primary house, that that's the answer to happiness. And I think so many of us just kind of like, you know, robotically follow that framework and think that at the end of all of that, there's going to be a golden pot of gold waiting for us to grab and that'll be all ours and to be happy. And I think that so many people um, don't realize, realize that that's not what happens and then don't know how to get out of that, right? Because that's all they've been taught. That's all they've been told. So I'm curious to learn how did you make that transition from where you were into getting into real estate? How did you discover it? How did you find it? How did you know it was you know, the right avenue for you? Because I think that there's probably a lot of people listening who you know, might think that maybe this is for me, but I don't even know where to start. You know? So excuse yeah. me a little bit. I can definitely relate to them because that's how I felt, right? Yeah, because when I, when I found myself in this hospital bed, I was just thinking, I know this isn't right, but mm. I have no idea what else to do because right. I'm doing what I've always been told that was yeah. just the path, right? So, so did you go back to the drawing board? You were like, well, crossed off lawyer. Okay, so there's doctor or engineer. <laughs> I know, professor. More schooling. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do I go back to school, get more school debt? to then, yeah, I did actually think, like, maybe I'll go to PhD. And so, you know, and I, I, thought, I thought this. And I, I actually liked school. I love being a student. But it, it's very expensive. And it's a big investment. I just, uh, a little tangent, I just spent a week in um, – with Tony Robbins as Platinum Financial Partnership. Nice. Talking, yeah, it was, it was great. So learning from a lot of billionaires and super savvy investors about what they're doing and what the market's doing. But one of the, the things that was repeated uh, quite a few times was one of the worst investments is a college <laughs> degree from <laughs> <best> school. <laughs> and then... And they're just like, really, it's like, and particularly parent, they're like, do not use your savings to get your kids this degree that, um, they're like, don't do it. Uh, you know, for like the vast majority of degrees or the vast majority mm-hmm. of schools, they're like, it's not worth it. So that's an aside. But so my story was, so I, I ended up, you know, being told you get this job and then you get a house that you want to live in. Um, and then you put some money aside in a retirement account. So I had changed law firms thinking maybe this one would be a better fit than the other one. And I was like, okay, I'm in this new law firm. I guess it's time to buy that house that like that's, that's the next one. So I was, I went to go look for a house and then this was in Los Angeles, 2005 towards the top of the last bubble. And, uh, you know, you, your listeners probably all over the, all over the place. So they don't understand California pricing, especially Los Angeles pricing. <laughs> so a, a typical house at that time, like not, not fancy, just the modest house in a modest neighborhood was upwards of six hundred seven hundred thousand dollars and even though i had a six-figure salary i couldn't afford that by myself and a Mm -hmm. friend of mine who was in a similar boat suggests that we buy a duplex together we live on one side i live on the other Mm -hmm. side 
And instead of finding this house with two equal sides, this, this property, we ended up finding this 1915 craftsman that we both fell in love with that had this bigger downstairs and then a two bedroom unit upstairs. And that was even a converted garage in the back. So we each took a bedroom in the downstairs, rented out the upstairs, rented out our converted garage, even rented out our basement. And we were house hacking before I knew that was a thing. I was like, like, wait, these people are paying our mortgage. This Uh is awesome. Uh That's cool. So not only did I not have the big house payment, I thought I had, I had some money coming in. I had tax benefits. I was like, Oh, oh, sweet. Um, And then when I met my husband, he had a duplex and that we got a single family rental in LA. And then after the, when the market turned uh, after the crash, I guess we started in 2010, we started to flip houses um, and, and got into that more. And so that was, that was the beginning of getting into real estate. And I stopped working as a lawyer then. And then we learned about syndication, you know, bringing groups of investors together mm-hmm. as, as you do um, mm-hmm. too. And then we were really off to the races and, and that's, that's what got me out of law. And, you know, when I could get my money working for me, instead of me working for my money, mm-hmm. I was able to, to escape. So that yeah. first house hack you did approximately what year was that? 2005. 2005. And then you said in 2010, you and your husband started doing flips. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And then you quit your job. Okay. So 2005, you were still working as a lawyer when you did that mm-hmm. first house hack. Yeah. So then this was after the appendicitis though. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm piecing it all together. So you had the appendicitis, <laughs> you had this epiphany, like I need to figure out a way to get yeah. out of my job, but it wasn't like an immediate thing. It wasn't like, no, okay, get out not. of a hospital bed. It, and like next month I quit my job. It was like, a it was process. actually a few years in between. Mm-hmm. So it was not, yeah. I wish I could say I knew exactly what to do. I found real estate. Boom. Oh, there it yeah. was. Yeah. No, it was many years of misery uh, <laughs> and trying to figure it out. Uh, it, yeah, it was tough. And it wasn't just the appendicitis. I had shingle. I had all sorts of like oh my, my body oh my screaming yeah. at me, like get yeah. out, get out, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I tried, but it just it wasn't. It it was a path I could, I had to figure out by myself because um, nobody was telling me about this. Nobody was showing me the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I just want to comment on. That's the point right there. That nobody was telling you. No one. No one was talking about it. Right. And it's like, had that one, you said a friend of yours suggested that you look at buying a duplex, right. Instead of Mm -hmm. like buying a home. And for me, it was a very similar story. It was my real estate agent. I wanted to buy the fancy loft and she wanted me to buy a three and a half bedroom townhome. Right. And had she not explained it to me that way, she said, if you buy this townhome, you can rent out the other rooms and offset your debt payments for your mortgage and have someone else pay it down. I was like, oh my gosh, that's, I, 
I didn't know that that was like a thing. And this was like 10, yeah. 11 years ago, you know, and was house hacking also before I knew it was anything and what I was doing, but she knew of it. And which is why like what we do, I feel like is such important work because it's getting the word out there to people who don't know about this kind of stuff or don't have access to that kind of thing. And that's really like so much of, you know, why we do what we do, because it's like that one little thing, that one sentence that somebody can tell you that can just change your whole trajectory. I mean, I don't even know, would you be sitting here right now? I don't honestly, I don't think I would be because I wouldn't have re it was in that time of owning that first townhome that I realized the power of, you know, real estate and, you know, leverage and all of that stuff. Um, and so it's just like, wow, so mind blowing. I know. And it's, yeah, that, that is why it's so awesome what y'all are doing and just being able to spread that word because, yeah. and I don't think it's, you know, I legit think my parents gave me the best advice they knew, right? That that was, right. that's what they're taught. You, yeah. you, know, you want to go to school, get the best job you can. You trade your time for money. You work for 40 years. You get a gold watch. You go for a couple of years and you die. Right? Like that's what you, like, that's what they're taught. <laughs> And hopefully like you trade as much time for money as possible, but that's all that, that, that was the only paradigm they had is passive right. income streams was never anything they were taught. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know, I honestly, they weren't even investing in retirement accounts. Like that's not, that wasn't something they, yeah. they knew and they, mm -hmm. they taught me the best they knew. My mom was a secretary my dad worked for the post office like for them, like for me to go to law school was a big deal. Yeah. And that was, that was, they, they gave me the best advice they had to give me. Yeah. But most people aren't taught this. Most people yeah. are taught to go to college, get the best job you can. Um, they're not taught to invest. Mm -hmm. What do your parents think now? <laughs> they love it. And, um, I just help them get an investment property. Uh, and they're, they're actually in, uh, I'm in Australia right now. So I've been, uh, we set our lives up so we could travel around the world this year and then they've come to visit. So oh. they're here, they're here visiting in Australia right now. And, uh, and they have a, an Airbnb property in big bear outside of Los Angeles that we got them last year. That's like making the money. And so they're, they're using some of that income and traveling too. So oh. it's really, it's cool. It's really great. So fun changing yeah. lives. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, that's something we talk about all the time is, you know, the work that we're doing, we're impacting not only our own personal lives, but like the lives of the people around us too. And that's what yeah. like drives us so much. And what we do is that it's not only benefiting ourselves, but, you know, making this impact around so many different people. So I love that. Yeah. We'll get back to our conversation with Monique in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. 
We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com invest. And now back to our chat with Monique Holm. Well, let's continue on in the story. So you said 2010, you guys started flipping homes. Mm -hmm. And so then there's a big gap between 2010 flipping homes and now with everything you've created with real estate Uh investor goddesses and the syndications (laughs) that you do. (laughs) What happened in that like less like 10 years span? A lot has happened. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. That was 10 years. So we were, we started flipping when houses were on sale, um, Mm -hmm. which was a a good time to get into it. And this was in LA. So we were flipped until about 2015 and then they were not as on sale. It was competitive. Mm -hmm. It was getting harder and harder to find deals that make sense. And flipping is, it's basically a part-time job, right? You, you, or it's like a contract job. So you work, you get a deal, hopefully you, you fix it up, you sell it and make some money, if, you know, good luck if you, you do it right. And then you have to start over again. So mm-hmm. I wanted something that was more passive where we could have money coming in every month and I didn't necessarily have to work so hard for it. And then we started looking for a fourplex in LA because that was as big as I could imagine at the time. <laughs> and it was still like quite a bit of money, but nothing made any sense. Nothing cash flowed <laughs> or be like, okay, you're putting 2 million in, but then you get like, I don't know, maybe 3%. That's <laughs> just, it was really, really it made no sense. So I was frustrated. And then I met a man who would become my mentor. And it's, again, it's amazing. You're talking about these like, it's like little paradigm shifts yeah. that they're probably throwaway comments from somebody else, but like completely yeah. changed life. So yeah. this is October of 2015. And I met Robert Helms, who's the host of the Real Estate Guys radio podcast. And he, uh, through a mutual friend, and our, and our, was speaking to him. He had, cut, had come to LA. My our mutual friend Kyle said you should come meet Robert because he knew I was looking for this fourplex and the flipping. It was frustrating, so I go to uh, meet Robert Helms and we're chatting for about ten minutes. And he's asking me what I'm doing. He's talking about the flipping and looking for this fourplex. And he goes, you know, LA is a really tough market. I always say live where you want to live, invest where the numbers make sense. And I went, ah. <laughs> <laughs> crossed my mind that you can invest outside of where you live. Like, I was like, oh, you know, it's like, like my yeah. mind like literally opened up the whole world because I just, 
that nobody taught me one way or the other, yeah. but I assumed you had to like drive to the property, manage yeah. it yourself, like be able to touch it, feel it, do that work. Like, uh, you know, this, oh, investment numbers make sense. Huh. <laughs> so that was like <laughs> paradigm shift number one. And then the next thing you said, <laughs> And you can buy this fourplex by yourself, but you're limited to your own capital and credit. I said, alternatively, you could bring a group of investors together and buy 100 or 200 units. And they start telling me about the benefits of that and sharing the wealth and the risk and, um, you know, and how you could really leverage. And I was just mind blown. Uh, and I went, you can like <laughs> thing you can do that. I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> so I told him, I was like, I'm gonna, I want to learn. I'm gonna be your groupie. I'm gonna let me laugh. He thought I was kidding. It's like I'm not kidding. Totally Followed <laughs> him around the world, Batman. And I went home. I told my husband, like, Oh my gosh, this is big. It's called syndication. You regret some investors together. Like, let's do this. <laughs> Oh <laughs> and he was like okay <laughs> so we signed up that night for their secrets of successful syndication seminar which was in january of 2016 so we went to that joined their their mentorship program went joined this other mentorship program for apartment investing that's a lot in our education and just went like full into it and in that one year like by syndicating we got over a thousand units um i think we got 1012 units that year 2016 and probably for less money than we would have put into one yeah. duplex a yeah. fourplex in la and then just we've been off to the races since so that was that was how we really got to scaling and then do you want me to tell you also how real estate investor goddesses came about yes you know when i was yes. doing that so I was like, you know, so I'm into this also between being a lawyer full time. And when I was, I started doing, um, the real estate, I also became a coach as like a life coach. And uh, I became an uh, abundance coach for women. So the, it was mm. a little bit of a, a journey too, but that was what I was eventually doing. Mm. And as I started getting really into the, uh, into the real estate and we, we started syndicating, Russell Gray, who's Robert Helms' partner, and also became my mentor, would always say, you know, when I think about building your network, building your brand, like, who do you want to work with when you're syndicating? And I had gone to their conference. I was on the hotel, you know, in the, in the gym like the next morning, just going through and thinking about that. And I realized that all of a sudden it hit me. I was like, wait a minute there were no women in that room. Like, <laughs> like 120 people and maybe there were eight or nine women. I was like, hey, I'm like, I never see women at these things. Like, where are all the women? There was like no women that went on stage. There were no women yeah. and like barely any women in the room. And I, and then it just came as this download, like psh, real estate investor glasses, like the name, the, um, so crazy. Not, not the how, but just like, yeah, bring, bring women. You want to work with women. Yeah. Yeah. This is, and I've been doing a lot of, and studied for 15 years on the divine feminine and how to be in the feminine and, and that like bringing that plus the abundance and mindset work that I've been doing plus real estate investing. It's just like, yes, bring all yeah. together, bring women into this room or bring them into real estate, bring them into this game. They need to know how to do this because this is, 
the best way to build wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I, I believe in this country yeah. or in any country, it's like 90, yeah. mm-hmm. it's a figure 90% of millionaires become so through real estate investing yeah. for millennia. Real estate's been the way that wealth mm-hmm. has been transferred and passed down and, and created. It's also, you know, when you're creating these passive streams of income, it's really, uh, particularly helpful for women who a have to deal with an income gap, right? So mm-hmm. like men tend to get paid more for the same amount of work. That is mm-hmm. something that we can help. We can erase. And, and when yeah. we're talking about real estate investing, there's also this huge gender wealth gap, which a lot mm-hmm. of people don't talk about. Everyone talks about the income gap, but for every dollar of net worth that a single man has, a single woman only has 23 cents. Mm-hmm. So, and then when you talk ring and race into it, it gets even worse. I think if for mm-hmm. it's like a dollar of net worth that a white man has, a Latina or a black woman has less than one penny, mm-hmm. less than one penny of net worth. Mm-hmm. And I believe real estate, again, is the best way to close that gap. Mm-hmm. So it came, it's like, get women doing this, teach them, like speak to them, like share, share this so that they know that this is a possibility for them. They know Mm -hmm, how to do mm -hmm. it, what steps to take, and they can Mm -hmm. get into this game um, because this is, this is a game to build wealth. I always love that when you tell that story, because I picture you on the little treadmill and like, like, (laughs) you know, earbuds in, just going along. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) It kind of was that. Yeah. Was elliptical. Yeah. But otherwise, elliptical. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was like elliptical. And then I was like, what the? You know, I was like, like ah, that's it. Um, yeah. Well, now, that you've, now, you know, you've worked with so many women at this point. Why is it, do you think, that there are so few women in real estate investing? I mean, now there are more and more, especially yeah. with great programs like yours and spreading yeah. the word yeah. and, and coaching women and mentoring women and getting them into this space. But why do you think traditionally, I mean, women, there are not more women in this space? I think there are a few reasons. One, I think the main reason is a lot of them did just Nobody, nobody tells them that this is possible. Like, like us, right? Like, like this was, it's not that any, I think it was, there's this vast conspiracy. <laughs> it's like, it's like men are in the, like, you know, some, some, uh, you know, conference room somewhere, like, don't tell them. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's what's going on. <laughs> no, that this is what's going on. I think that it's like, most people don't know. And then, um, and then to the extent they do know, it's like, they're not really telling the women about this. So I think that's a big problem. I think there's another challenge is that a lot of women may know to the extent they do know that this is an option for them. They have no idea how to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they go to the most conferences and most trainings, it's like really overwhelmingly male <laughs> and, yeah. and intimidating um, and they, they don't know who to trust or what to do mm-hmm. and they're scared. They're scared mm-hmm. they're going to be cheated. They're scared they're going to lose money. It's a big investment. Real estate is probably the biggest <laughs> investment you'll make ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, financially. And so it's, it's scary to think, what if I do this and I lose it? So I think it's that combination, either not knowing or not knowing what steps to take, or maybe you know what steps mm-hmm. to take, but you're just, they're just scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's why it, it's helpful as like our, 
our wealth or real estate events or events where it's like mm-hmm. all women. And then they're seeing all these different women that, that look like them or don't look like them, but are a variety of like of races and ages and, you know, and they're yeah. going, wow, she did that mm-hmm. in that way. And she did that. And that, and she did that. And she was a single mom or she was, she was a grandma or she's a, she's a young woman. And, <laughs> yeah. and I have all done it. It's like, maybe I could do this too. Cause yeah. It's, yeah. I, it does like representation does matter. It does help mm-hmm. seeing somebody that, that looks like you that remind, you know, mm-hmm. that is, that's doing it too. Yeah. And for our yeah. listeners, if you haven't had a chance to go to one of Monique's Wealth Through Real Estate events, you've got to check them out. We had a chance to go um, not too long ago and Julie um, spoke on a panel. And Julie, I'll let you tell the story um, when you looked out at the sea of faces and how different it was. But just sitting in that audience and just being in that room full of women who are all lovers of real estate and either already investing in real estate or wanted to learn about real estate, it just, the energy was so different from a typical real estate investing conference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I still remember sitting there and looking out at the crowd and there was what, like a hundred and was there a hundred and eighty? Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, hundred eighty. It's like a hundred and eighty yeah. women sitting there looking up at us on the stage. And it was so powerful to just see the eyes on everyone and the curiosity and the excitement and the wonder and the the drive and the commitment to learn and it was just so cool to see that um and at first first real estate conference for me I've ever been in that had <laughs> not one single male in the audience with the exception to your husband <laughs> there was not one other male out there and I was like wow this is so powerful and so amazing yeah. and uh yeah the work that you're doing is um, just incredible. How many women you know you've been able to impact, and um, yeah, just to see the the drive and the commitment there was amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It always like makes me emotional. Uh, yeah, and, well, uh, yeah. emotional. You know, it I, it made me emotional thinking about all those women because Julie and I always talk about when we travel. Like when I travel, I still like I plan out the meals for the days that I'm not going to be here. And I, you know, order the groceries so my husband knows, you know, what he's supposed to cook. And I, you know, I make sure to do the laundry before I go. Like it's all these little things, right? When men go, well, when my husband goes, he doesn't do any of that. He's just like, (laughs) okay, see you later. Um, And so when I looked out at that sea of faces, I saw not just the women who were sitting there, but all the families that they Mm -hmm. had left at home so that they could be there in that room so that they could make a difference for their families. And that was, I mean, it gave me, it's still giving me chills just thinking yeah. about it now. Yeah. And that, that's why I love focusing on women too, because I know that when you help a woman have more abundance, more, more time, they give back. So they're going to take care of their families. They're going to take care of their communities. They, like, they change the world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, people are like, why do you focus on women? It's like, well, cause I know if I get to women, I'll get to everybody. Um, because that's God, just how women that. are, that's how we're wired. And they've, mm-hmm. they've done lots of studies. If they, they, they those like micro loans, if they, if they, you know, unfortunately if they give to men, <laughs> that, yeah. um, that money does not often trickle down back to the family. It's yeah. uh, in the third world countries. And this is a, a sad statement on other sides, but it tends to go to cigarettes, alcohol, or prostitutes. Uh, but when they <laughs> give it to women, 
the women educate their kids. They, they hire mm. their, their neighbors, elder women around in, you know, in very short order, they've completely transformed the community. Yeah. It's just, the, so tell helps us everyone, helps everyone. Yeah. So tell us about your goal, your goal to help one, a million one, women. Is it? Yes. One million women create financial freedom through real estate investing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that was also like that elliptical moment um, yeah. at the gym, that, that goal. And it's really big, and uh, it's, there are a lot of zeros to that. So I'm working <laughs> on it. Uh, <laughs> it's a nice, juicy goal. But the, I, I think you've talked about this before. Is like the, while you may realistically impact, I don't know, 10,000, 100,000 women, but like just shifting your mindset to think about a million – yeah. drastically changes the way that you approach everything in your business. Yeah. So if I, cause I have to think like, how can I scale and touch lots more people as part mm -hmm. so the podcast is part of that thinking about, okay, how, so I'm always thinking, how can I scale it so that we just were hitting bigger and bigger and bigger, um, numbers of people. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the goal that I'm always focused on. And so, you know, how can I work with other people that have audiences and mm -hmm. we can touch more women that way? Or how can I, it's like, okay, is it, is it media? Is it television? Is it like how, what's the best way to get to get the messages out so that I can, you know, we can, we can reach those people. So I'm always thinking about that. It's like, what is, what is the best way to reach, to get the, the word out? to reach as many women, to let them know it's possible for them to let them know there's a path and that they'll, they'll get into it. So we, you know, we're, it's still new. I mean, I, I really got going 2018, but I, you know, hopefully within like my goals within 10 years, I will be able to touch or help 1 million women to create that financial freedom. And I definitely won't do it by myself, but maybe like, <laughs> I'll you ladies and others that, um, Absolutely. Get there. Yeah. Yeah. I love all of that. It's such an inspiration to, you know, see someone, another woman be brave enough to even say that because I feel like sometimes we, or I know for myself, but, um, you know, I'm afraid to, to think that big and to make a goal that's that, um, you know, so big and seems like sort of out of our reach, but it's true what Annie said, like when you stretch the limitation, when you stretch the reality of, of what is possible, it starts to become, you know, possible because you're like, this is something I want to do. And then you start to work backwards from there. Like, how can I make this actually happen? And if yeah. you set, you know, kind of a, a smaller goal, it's like that would have never happened. And who's to say that that can't happen. It's just a matter of figuring out how to get there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that. that's my, that's what I'm focused on. It's probably why I'm like, but with Tony Robbins, I'm thinking, okay, he's had that level of impact time, you know, exponentially. So mm -hmm. you know, I was trying to study people who have been able to touch that many and see, okay, how, what are they doing? How, the, how yeah. are they doing? How'd they get there? Um, yeah. And he's been at it for 40 years, so he didn't get there immediately mm -hmm. either. Um, yeah. So just allowing myself to realize I'm at the beginning, but now with the internet, it's this is the best time ever, I think, to be able to, totally. to touch that many people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. 
Well, should we roll into the investing for good impact round? We're going to ask you three questions. The first one is investing in yourself. So what is one way that your investments are helping you to live a better life? Mm. Well, I, I guess being able to travel the world, which is travel is my big, big love. Uh, well, I have lots of love, but that <laughs> lights me up. It's one of the things that makes me most happy ever. And um, so having created this life where we have these passive income streams, it gives us uh, we're location independent. So we've been in Australia now for, that was our that's the first stop of the year. We got here December 27th. We'll be here till March 7th. And oh then um, back to the States to do the Wealth to Real Estate event in April uh, 17th and 19th. And then we are going to Europe and, and you know, it's just the world's our oyster. So ha- like that's, that's the main, <laughs> main reason I think yeah. one that it's helped me be able to really create well, that's, that's one thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, look at the power of this. Like when you start talking about this, you just (laughs) like your ear to ear smile, you're just like beaming, you know, and (laughs) if more people in the world could have that, I feel like this world would be a totally different place instead of people like walking around with like frowns and like driving three hours a day to work miserable. And it's just like, this is why we do what we do because it's just like, if more people could find this happiness and this inspiration, um, you know, to live the life, whatever that means, whether it's travel or working, maybe working your job is what it is, but not having to think about all the other components that you don't want to have to worry about, like yeah. money. A lot of people go to work every day because they have to, because of, you know, financial reasons. So, um, so I love that. Uh, okay. Second question is around investing in others. So what is one, um, investing hack or strategy that you might be able to share with our listeners that will help them catapult their investing journey? Well, a hack that well, you guys offer, uh, we do, and that I wish I'd known when I was a lawyer is to be able to passively invest in a syndication, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. it got, that was the one thing. It's like, it's kicking myself once I started to learn. This is why education <laughs> is so important. You need to educate yes. yourself. It's not yeah. just be, so you can avoid making mistakes. It's so that you can see the opportunities that are out there that you might realize are there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of our... The, the wealth we've been able to create, the freedom, um, is through the syndication, not just being the one that syndicates, but the one that like even our passive investments. And I think that, you know, if more people just get their money working passively, because a lot of people yeah. are like, I think stop because they think, gosh, I'm already really busy and I'm going to have to have a whole other job dealing with tenants mm-hmm. and toilets, termites, like, <laughs> like I don't mm-hmm. want the 3am toilet, you know, call yeah. from the toilet, like, I need my sleep, you know, so it's like, you don't have to invest that way, right? You can invest um, through passively and have other people doing the work and your money is just making money. So I think that that is what yeah. I hope more people know about. Yes, yes. Singing our song. That's everything that we talk about every day in our business. So um, yeah, love that. Okay, last question is around investing in the world. What is one way that your investments are helping to make the world a better place? Yeah, so again, I think it's the it's the syndication, but also real estate investor goddesses. I, mm-hmm. I see this ripple effect as I help another woman to invest and then she 
goes mm-hmm. and reaches back and helps somebody else. You know, at, mm-hmm. at our event, we have a mantra, right? I am here to be financially free and to bring others along with me. And we're, like, we're chanting that through uh-huh. the weekends. And, um, <laughs> and cause that's our, that's our mission. So it's like each one, reach one. So when we, when as, so this, this ripple effect, um, through the, so it's more as like my investment in the women that, that I, I get to work with, um, more so than my, like actually putting money into them, but also mm-hmm. like as they like women or men that invest our passive investments, they too, there's this ripple effect that goes out. So mm-hmm. that's how, that's how I would answer that question. Well, Monique, it's clear you are light years away from that hospital bed where <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we had started this story and you first had that epiphany. And I'm so glad, you know, life happens not to us, but for us. And so yeah. glad that even though I'm sure that was a painful experience and many painful best. years no, after as you tried yeah. to figure things out, like look where you are now and look at the impact that you're having on others. And I know there's so much more um, wisdom and strategies that you're um, able to share. So for our listeners, what's the best place that they can go to learn more about all that you're doing? So go to reigoddesses.com. That's the the best way to find out about our events and our passive investing opportunities and all of that stuff. And then we're also REI goddesses on Instagram and Twitter, um, uh, real estate investor asset on Facebook, but www.reigoddesses.com is probably the best spot. Perfect. Well, we'll have uh, links to all of those in the show notes for our listeners. Monique Holm, founder of Real Estate Investor Goddesses. Monique, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. This was fun. You've been listening to Investing for Good, the number one podcast for people like you who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com slash podcast. And be sure to join the Investing for Good Facebook community. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations every week. Until next time, keep investing for good.